We welcome you to the Romantic Truth Podcast, where you think before you love. Please feel free to subscribe and listen on Anchor, Audible, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, CastBox, Podcast Addict, Breakers, Overcast, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Deezer, or your browser. Be sure to share a link with a colleague, family member, or friend. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is for mature audiences due to the sensitive nature of subject matter. Think before you love is the Romantic Truth Podcast motto. You will not get slapped here, we promise. Hi everyone, Jocelyn with your Romantic Truth Las Vegas fellows. I need to talk to you for a minute. Many of you have been writing in about inflation, the impact of the cost of going out on a date. On average, you guys are spending anywhere from $150 to $300-$400 in some cases because everything has gone up, right? All right, go back to the basics. The shop dates, coffee shop, donut shop, ice cream shop. Go back to those. Go to a Barnes & Noble, take a date there. For the first date only, I'm talking about. 40 bucks max, what you should spend. Reason being, you're dealing with someone you don't know, why spend the money on them? Get to know them first, treat it like a meeting, meet with them for about 90 minutes, and go on and do your thing. Here's why I say that. What I did foolishly when I got out of service. Got my first job, paid $15 an hour. At the time, I was going to impress this lady I was dating. So $175 is what it came down to for a date, for a five-hour date. Now, my logic didn't add up with my wallet. In other words, what I did at that time was I looked at my paycheck, that bi-weekly check, those 80 hours a week, I mean, 80 hours of pay period, and I looked at that and I said, hmm, I could afford this. But here's what I didn't think about. I didn't think about for those same five hours I was with her, was what it would cost me in labor. Well, what I did was this. I took $15, I multiplied it by five, which was my gross base income. And that came to $75, so I was short by 100 for that same period of working for that same benefit to be with that woman. But of course, that wasn't logical, I couldn't do it that way, so I had to do it more practically. So what that meant was, for every five hours I worked, it came down to $62.14 with deducting taxes and that kind of thing. So now, I had to multiply $62.14 by three. And the reason why I had to do that was give me enough money where I could pay that bill, right? So what that meant was I actually had to work 15 hours in order to pay for a five-hour date. Think about it for a moment. So even when I calculated it on my base at $15 an hour times five hours, it only came to 75 bucks, which would have meant that I would have made my overhead just based on my gross on the labor that it would cost me to actually 
work and just pay that portion. But I was still upside down by a hundred bucks. And that was a one-time only date. We weren't going anywhere after that. And here's what I would tell you. For this reason, that's the reason why I say cheapen and shorten the date. The first date I'm talking about only. You don't need to spend all that big money to try to impress her. If you have to do that, that means you didn't do a good job in the first place before you got to that point. Because see, a woman's expectations are set based on how you present yourself. She's giving you a reflection of yourself is what she does. Now, you will find that women that are making these demands for these high dollar gifts and so forth and dinners in the initial stages, this is what they evaluate themselves and think they're worth. Is that what they're actually intrinsically worth? This is what they would like for you to pay for them, to give them a sense of value. They get their sense of value from how much money you pay on them for those things. A woman who's grounded and confident, guess what? She could afford to take herself to a five-star restaurant. She doesn't need a man to do it. So let's get that understood. What you will find is that after your first date, and this is a strategy I used to use, the second date I would double it. So it'd be $80, which means I would have to work six hours. Well, no, as you work. I'd have to double that, which means I'd have to work 30 hours for an $80 date. And you see how it graduates? Now what this does, and I know it sounds like a lot of minutia. A lot of you are saying, oh, that's bullshit. <laughs> but if you think about it out of your budget, it ain't, is it? Because after you see what you have to work for that period of time you're with them, you start to realize, damn, I had to put in all this labor for this amount of money to be spent on this woman. This is the reason why I say you have to look and see if it's worth it. Because some of you are throwing good money away on bad people. Bad experiences. This is just to help you. And I had it on a graduated scale, a third date. Maybe I double it again. And I'll keep doubling going on that way. Until it started to resonate. Usually I wouldn't go no higher than 200 bucks for a date. But back then the economy was different. But here's what I'm saying. And I'm talking about as you go to that graduated scale. This is a woman you're going to be with. This is not somebody just going to be a piece of ass or whatever. And there's a distinction. And you have to stick with that. Because if not, some of you guys are going to go out there and go bankrupt taking these women out. When you get to a point where you got to borrow money, use a credit card, unless it's a cash management tool where you're going to be able to pay it off as soon as you charge it, you are wasting your money and time. Don't put yourself in that predicament. Keep yourself in a position where you have that leverage to your advantage. If it comes down to you paying your bills or going on the date, cancel the date. Most men who understand this will tell a woman straight up that he doesn't have any money and say, hey, I'm in between paydays and that, that kind of thing. They don't sit there 
go out with the woman, tell them they forgot their wallet because they're too embarrassed to tell the truth. Now, another thing too, that second date, yes, if it if it's a, a good first date, a second date is warranted. But make sure when you go on that second date that if you don't see the probability of third, just keep in mind, you may have to write those expenses off. And when I say write them off, I'm not talking about as far as your taxes, but as far as you taking a loss. Because some of you have lost so much money that it would have impacted maybe you paying off certain bills, paying off your cell phone. Who knows? I remember one month I had spent so much money. The cell phone I was paying on, I could have actually purchased it from all of the missed dates that I got. In other words, no second aura. I'm telling you, when you look at it from that perspective, then you see the problems. See, a lot of women would like to put you in a situation where they'll say you're cheap. You're not cheap. You're just looking for the value in an individual. So you got to go and decide whether you're going to expense a woman or whether you're going to invest. We always expense women on the first date. You don't know if it's going to work out. You take the risk. You get to the second date. Now you're looking at an investment. You're taking her from a liability, hopefully into an asset. And that could be very uh, trying at at times. So be careful with that. Because some of us sometimes go a little bit too far with that. And we wind up getting in over our heads. Getting into situations we don't need to. Now, another thing. If she has never gone to a five-star restaurant before. And you could easily tell. Because she's not going to know really a lot of the etiquette. A lot of the things. And what will happen is, she may make this as a demand. You have to remember that some that are just going for the excursion, for the experience. In other words, you're giving them an experience that they couldn't afford themselves. But see, the problem with many women who do this, they're demanding it, and they usually demand it on the first date. And you guys know better than to spend your money like that on the first date. Now, a lot of people don't like what I'm saying, But I'm saying this to you because times are hard now. Those women are saving money. I've gone out with women before where one woman in particular, I'll never forget it, told me straight up. I went on, the bill came. I went on and paid the bill. She says, good, you're spending your money because my money is more valuable than yours. I made four times what this woman made in salary per year at the time. Why did she say that? Because she felt as though she didn't have to spend her money unless there was an extreme emergency and it would have to pertain to her first. Needless to say, that was our first and last. And you'll learn that over time, when you look at your high burn rate on bad dates, you're gonna get pissed and you're going to start really reevaluating your choices. And this comes down to, fellas, a better filtering process when choosing a woman to spend your money on. 
get out of the mindset of thinking that you pay a high price for this woman for dinner, that you're going to get some high class, you know what, ain't going to happen. A lot of these women are not going to sleep with you on the first day, so why you waste your money like that? Let me tell you something, the best type of woman to have in your corner is going to be that woman that even if you go on a second or third date, she'll have a coupon or she'll have an idea as to where it'll be cheaper for the two of you to eat that she may like. She's going to have more input. She's going to be more forwardly focused on that to help you. That's what you'll need, need to look for. See, you can find anyone to spend your money. But you're looking to invest your money in something that's going to be profitable in the future. And the profit you get from it is her love, affection, her support, a person that you hope to build something with and grow with. So you're taking that liability, as we all do with bills, to make payments on it until we own it, right? And have it as an asset. Not promoting any kind of ownership of people, but I'm just illustrating where we're going with this. Now... There's another thing, too, that we have to come to grips with, with these types of situations. Some people will feel entitled because they have been used to guys spending all this money on them on first dates. You're not there to impress anyone, dude. Keep your money. The only person you need to impress is yourself. Because here is the thing. Either she's going to meet you halfway or she's not. When I say halfway, she's going to understand that economic times are tight. So you can't be going out there splurging. And what you need to probably look for is a woman that will help you save money, not one that's promoting you to spend it. And what you'll find is that the poorer women are going to ask for you to spend more money. The women who can pay for themselves, guess what? They're not. They're going to help you save. That's the way it goes. Because, see, you're dealing with On one hand, that poor woman may be more emotionally driven. That woman who has a job, who can hold her own, she's going to be more logically conscious about budgets and about the cost of things. That's the way it works. But see, we're in a period of touchy-feely emotional sentiments. And so what happens then People get offended very easily if you don't meet their requirements. So this means that you might hurt a few feelings when you say, "Uh, yeah, I can't afford this. We're not going to do this. Oh, with your broke ass. Okay, call me broke. I still have my 401k taken care of. You're the one that still wants to go to a five-star restaurant. But I don't know you well enough on the first date to take you there. So... I'll be broke. You go on. Because see, that woman who could afford to go to a five-star restaurant, guess what she's not going to do? Ask you to take her to one. Every woman that I have dated that could afford to go and take herself to one of those, guess what she never asked me? To take her to one. I took her to one voluntarily as we got to know each other. But the first dates, mm-mm, mm-mm. Because fellas, it's too high. You go to a nightclub to meet a woman. People don't even go to nightclubs anymore. For the most part, more of them are closing down than are opening. So what happens 
is that you're dealing with a situation where you got a cover charge, you got drinks to pay for. And by the way, folks, as an aside, we talk about equality. I was at a club in Vegas not too long ago. Went to get in. My date didn't have to pay a dime. I had to wind up paying 20 bucks. Females free, men pay. So you talk about equality, make sure you advocate for that equality as well. Along with dating sites that don't charge women but charge men as well. What I'm saying though, overall, is that as men, we have to start thinking more practically and logically when it comes down to spending money on women. A lot of us do it. We buy the clothes, we buy the car, we buy the colognes that are $600 a bottle and all this stuff. And what we have to consider is that who's it for? Guess who it should be for? Just like what women do. All the hairdos and everything they have, clothing, they try to impress other women first and themselves. That's right. We're the byproduct of their admiration. And as men, we got to start doing that for us. Care less about trying to impress a woman. Not to, in any way, you know, talk down about women or nothing. But what it's about, though, is it's about you being comfortable in your own skin with what you have. And not feel as though you're under some obligation to meet someone else's uh, requirement just because they put it out there. You got to do what you can comfortably afford. And some of you may want to go more than 40 bucks on the first date that you could afford. Okay, that's fine. But just remember one thing. It's up to you to dictate your burn rate on that particular situation. Now, if you're making better choices, guess what? You're going to have a lower burn rate because more than likely you're gonna wind up with quality relationships with someone that you could actually start up with and go with. But like I said, the four questions I always ask categories, who are you, what's your purpose, strengths and weaknesses, and also what are your intentions? She's gotta know, she's gotta have a sense of self. She's gotta have a drive, a purpose. And like women don't want, like one lady told me recently, I don't want no broke man, I don't need no broke man. And you have a lot of these women who say that same thing and they don't have jobs. These women sometimes don't even have all the wherewithals in order to make it. The next thing that they don't have, a lot of times they don't have the confidence it takes. And also, you want to ask them the integrity questions. What are your strengths and weaknesses to see what they are? Guarantee you, a narcissistic person, I have no weaknesses. You know that's a lie, right off the bat, red flag. What are your intentions? What are their future plans? These are basic fundamental things that you would ask of anyone before they became your friend. You just ask them. Those are screening questions, basic screening questions. Even the dogs agree. do this because uh, I was in a rush when I did it last time so 
I'm just going over it a little bit more slower and comprehensively. But anything, anyway, what I want to tell you on this is another thing. That woman that's got your back, that's understanding the situation as you explain to her, she's more than likely going to be a better fit for you. That one that says, well, you know, you broke, and I know she's going on, you don't need to deal with her. Because just like you didn't measure up to that standard, she has other standards you won't measure up to. And the reason being, she's got that hypergamy thing going on. And what is that? Well, she's reaching for something that's out of her league. And I hear so many women talk about, oh, well, now, a woman doesn't reach out of her league. Oh, yes, she does, just like a man does. But women, women will be quick to tell a man he doesn't reach out of his league, that he does reach out of his league. And sadly, this is the way it goes. And why does it happen like this? It happens like this for a fundamental reason. It happens like this because many times these women will be under the impression that, hey, you don't know me. And that's the cloak that they will use. Just that. That's statement alone. Meanwhile, they're reaching for that guy that they have put up there that's making more money, that's more financially secure than she is. In other words, this person has to be superior to her in some reason, in some way. That's the reason why she's reaching up. But you have a lot of women that are already up there who already have those things, and they don't need a man for those things. Those are the women you want, fellas. That woman that's reaching let her keep reaching because she's going to reach past you to try to get to what she wants. And a lot of times these women are the ones that you saw on Kevin Samuel's show a lot. They were getting broke down all the time. Because they've made some choices earlier in their lives that will impact the latter portion of their lives. Bad decisions. And some of them try to compensate by reaching for a wealthier man, reaching for a man that is emotionally more stable than she is, etc., etc. But usually it's based on money. I remember watching one show when he said that there was a woman that was on there and he said, you haven't done anything with your life since high school. And it was true. It was absolutely true. You'll see this. And there are men that haven't done anything since high school. Improvement. Growing as you go. That's the key. So, fellas, I hope this helps you. And just remember one thing. When you really look at it on an hourly basis compared to the effort and the hell you have to catch on a job in comparison to the time that you're spending with that person, I want you to think about it. Was that person worth you catching that hell on that job, trying to make deadlines, trying to go and make whatever you do in order to increase productivity at work? Was that person worth it for that period of time and that period of a period of your income, those hours that you spent on that individual on that day. 
more in a moment. According to a new study published in the Journal of Sex Research, which included 18 females, booze is a total killjoy when it comes to getting it on and really getting off. The study, which kept each participant at different blood alcohol levels before watching pornographic material and masturbating to reach orgasm, found that, alcohol-induced orgasmic dysfunction, is a very real thing. Results revealed that, increasing levels of acute alcohol intoxication are related to systematic changes in female orgasmic experience reflected by physiological, behavioral, and cognitive indices. We knew it. One too many whiskey cocktails being a major slowdown in the sack is no real shocker. Whiskey DCK is also a thing, because, like most things in life, less is more. The findings, suggest that women's orgasm will occur more readily under conditions of no alcohol consumption, though let's be realistic here, we all need some Dutch courage when it comes to getting our sex game on, naked scarf dance. Modest intake of alcohol, however, may be expected to result in greater feelings of sexual arousal, a more enjoyable orgasmic experience, and only a moderate increase in the time it takes to reach orgasm. You heard it here first, ladies, modesty is everything when it comes to avoiding whiskey badge. Drink wisely, get yours. Let me see if I could explain this a little bit more comprehensively with the 90-day situation. Here's the way it will work. You remember the 90-day rule that Steve Harvey talked about, where women would abstain from sex or anything for 90 days before they start dating a guy? And then after 90 days, she wants a commitment, then she sleeps with him? Well, that's the ideal strategy, right? Now, here's the thing. I looked at a study recently that showed the bell curve of a 90-day relationship. This is the most common that are found on dating sites meaning that many of these relationships that start up, they last about 90 days on average. And why do people use quarterly dating as a practice? Well, some people use quarterly dating for a reason. In this way, they kind of can have the experience with a person during certain times, and they prioritize people usually in the last two quarters of the year. So the person that's with that individual will say, during the summer and during the uh, winter, fall going into winter, those are the two people that benefit the most that that person will date. The other two, they are starting off the new year. They want to get a fresh start. However, they don't plan on spending the year with that individual. And then usually they'll start in January. Things will start tapering off in March. By May, April, and June, they're with someone else. By July, August, and September, there was someone else. October, November, December, there was another party. Cyclical dating. Some people actually use this. Some even go as far as six months. Now, here's the mindset of an individual that does this. They feel as though they're wasting their time when they're in the relationship. That's the reason why they want to expedite it in 90 days. Now, if you notice, Steve Harvey had that 90-day rule, right? And it was based on the premise, really from the Victorian era, 
Guy comes over, dates a woman, 90 days to check him out, see what he is about. She can't be intimate with him for those 90 days. And then after those 90 days, then it comes down to where he goes on and she asks for a commitment and they look at having sex. Well, a lot of women also use this to prevent that 90-day bell curve that commonly is found in many of these cyclical relationships. So that was one of the safeguards. Guys used to use this a lot because what they didn't want to do is tie up a lot of time with women. Some women actually use this and some even have it shorter than 90 days, but usually 90 is about the average. Now, another thing to keep in mind too, when it gets down to the summer, this is where you probably see a lot of irresponsible behavior in these types of relationships. In other words, they don't really want a commitment. They don't want long-term. They just like, just let it flow. Whatever we get, we get. That's where they, many of them would like to be. They don't want the pressure of a relationship. And when I say about people being emotionally unavailable, that means they don't want to get their feelings involved. You know, the old saying, fuck your feelings. That's literally what they want to do is fuck your feelings. Because at this point, they're not looking for any kind of attachment. They're looking for an experience and that's it. And so what happens then, it doesn't make them feel as though they're trapped, that they have to be accountable to someone and they know they already have an expiration date on that relationship. Now, it's not uncommon for these people never to tell their partner their intentions. They show it through their actions. So you'll get ghosted. Maybe you've been sleeping with this person, dating with, dating them, taking them out. You're communicating all the time. You're doing all these activities. Then all of a sudden they're tired of your ass for whatever reason. And they could call on you. And then eventually you're persona non grata and they've moved on. Now, these people could have introduced you to family members, friends, and all these things. It means absolutely nothing. They do this in order to curry favor, to get attention and accolades. That's all it's about. And some people have reputations to keep up with family members and friends, such as dating a lot of people. So who's the flavor of the month? And they look at that as a complimentary thing. A lot of people with low self-esteem do this because it makes them feel better. It makes them feel wanted. It makes them feel as though somebody really gives a modicum of a damn about them. And that's why they do this deliberately. Now, I think personally this is unhealthy and unfair and unethical. But who am I to be morality for people? But this is just one of the dating strategies that I'm hipping you to that some people will use and they do this deliberately now another factor that comes into play here is that I get people writing in saying well you're too analytical you, you think things through too much relationships are not that complicated oh aren't they how come they have the term it's complicated <laughs> I'm sure there's a reason for that in relationship designations. 
and you're starting to see it more and more on dating sites. You see it already on Facebook. It's complicated. Because what we like to do is oversimplify things. The dumber we are, the quicker we like to oversimplify. And the reason why we like to do that is because it makes us feel good to come up with a solution that may not be a solution. Look at many of the problems that we've tried to solve socially in America just through laws and legislation. And after we've made them, then we got to go back, roll back, and apologize. It's because what we want is a quick fix. And some things it's going to take a little bit longer to address and look at. This is why I'm informing you about these things because some of you face them. You write into the show about these very things that you deal with on a regular basis. Now, others of you say, why should you care? True. You have a valid point. But the thing is, I do because nobody else gives a damn. If they did, they would have done this. Because when I needed something like this, it wasn't there. So hopefully, people will understand that, hey, having the tools available is better than not having them. I was one of those people that didn't have them, and it was out there that had to learn everything I'm sharing with you the hard way. Now, another thing about this 90-day cycle. If this person's trying to use you, for instance, you have to earn your spot in order to be in the next cycle with them. What does this mean? Take, for instance, they got a hardship going on. It may be a situation where they need a car. They may need furniture. They may need something like uh, somebody to help them pay rent. Guess what they're going to do? See if you're game. And if you are, then they can see a purpose or a reason for letting you hang around. But here is the thing that you have to watch with this. They will try to flatten the relationship before something like that were to take place, meaning that they're going to cut out the romance and the relationship and intimacy and stick more with a situation where you're dealing with them as a roommate or as a platonic friend. But they will still have the flexibility to date and do what they want. But yet, they've come up by gathering another income in the house or by some other means in order to sufficiently help them go forward. And you have some people who do this deliberately. I've seen all kinds of animal schemes, usury, that people have tried throughout the years. Because see, what it comes down to a lot of times, as I said, a lot of people are not emotionally available. They're not looking for a relationship. They say they are, but they're not. They're looking for an opportunity, and there's a big difference. They're looking for an experience, and that experience they're looking for, it's just so that they can have a few photos and say that they did this and did that in their lifetime. 
there was a lady that I was getting ready to date, and she told me straight up, we're only going to date during the summer. And I'm like, the summer? She says from June to August. Hmm. June, why June to August? She said, well, you know, that's the time to have fun. We could travel, et cetera, et cetera. And she was telling me all these places she wanted to go. She wanted to go to Hawaii. She wanted to go up to uh, Vancouver, uh, British Columbia. She wanted to go to, down to Cabo. And I asked her, I said, who's going to pay for this? Oh, well, you know, you're my man. You're the man. You should be able to at least be able to pay for a girl to have a nice week, a nice uh, summer. Trying to throw that in my lap. I told her she wasn't worth it. She was shocked, mouth open, eyes bumped. What do you mean I'm not worth it? Every other man I was with, da, 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 I said, well, they're not sending you to all these places now, are they? So apparently your value depreciated. And this is the way you have to look at it. It's not being mean, it's being stern. Now, a lot of folks don't like how hard I come at people sometimes when I talk to them about this. But that's the way it happens. It's not about being mean. What it's about is being truthful. And it's about doing the right thing. You know, one of the things in doing the right thing with people is apologizing to them. And that's a very difficult thing for some people to do, especially after they've used and abused the person. They don't know quite how to go about that. So they are wallowing their shame. They'll change their phone number. They'll block calls, block text messages. Oh, they'll send you the voicemail. That avoidance. But I'd be damned if they, if they need something, they're going to call you up. And guess what? That conversation ain't going to revolve about nothing in regards to a relationship. They're calling you just like they're calling a clinician. No hello, no nothing. This is what these folks do. So what I'm telling you, fellas, you're going to have to have your standards in place. Don't be boo-boo the fool. Notice if there's in, any inconsistencies in what she's told you compared to the way she's acting. You know what to think then. As men, we don't date hypocrites. We don't like hypocrites. Men screw hypocrites. Men leave hypocrites. Because that's somebody we can't trust. That's someone that we don't believe that has integrity. And that's somebody that would be very risky to date. Because they will always leave our back door open. And we don't know whether or not they'll have our back. These people usually like to always have a new something, like they're opening up a new gift. So to them, dating is in that same vein. So they're not satisfied with one person. Oh, no. They'll go through the same experience. And it's not uncommon for them to have sex with the person before they move on to someone else. They will do that. 
and they would try to hold up their morality, but you can see right through it. It's so transparent. In any case, folks, hang in there. We got more coming. All right, fellas, let's talk about selecting a decent woman. Now, there was a lady that claimed she was a guru, expert on dating, and she had just got divorced two years ago. She's 52 years old. Now, this woman was encapsulated in this marriage that she was in for almost 30 years. And yet she's coming out saying, oh, the new trend is that men are now dating women overseas. Well, ma'am, men have been doing that ever since the end of uh, <laughs> World War One. It hasn't stopped. It still continues. It intensified over the latter years. But for the most part, this is something that has always existed. It's new to her. She just got out of the capsule of marriage. And now she's all of a sudden calling herself a dating coach and guru. Of course, she wants the attention. She wants men to, of course, come and support her. Understood. However, here's the problem. For many men, they're choosing women the wrong way. Now, here's one of the reasons why more men are incentivized to go overseas for women. If you look now at what's happening in the Ukraine, Years ago, there was an established kind of structure where men would go over and meet these women through groups like tours like Anastasia and all the rest of those companies. And American men paid a lot of money to go meet these women. These women had numbers put on their lapels and they would go to mixers and social events, buy them gifts. They'd be coached by these individuals and would spend a hell of a lot of money being over there in order to impress these women. And these women had to pick up the litter and American men, a lot of them were older, and they could say yes, no, maybe. Juxtaposition, pandemic kicked in, they cramped their business a lot, and then Russians invaded Ukraine. And now what you have, these very same women, many of them that were dissing men or choosing the men that they wanted so selectively are now possibly trying to look up some of those men that they had turned down to see whether or not they can get a sponsorship to come to the States. And you have others that are willing to stay at home and fight for their country. Some are in Poland. Others are in various states throughout the world. Now, here's what we have to understand, though. When it comes down to us, men, our standards usually are lower than women. And this is what hurts a lot of men in general when they choose a partner. They usually choose the wrong one because, after all, women get the man they want, we get the woman that we can get that wants us. So, what are we winding up with? Women that we may not be happy with, 
women that may not be physically what we want, but we improvise and just accept whatever we can get with that woman. And just hope that things work out. We don't know. So let's face some facts here. The first thing that would need to happen is men would have to raise their standards and have accountability as one of those standards. Have it where she can pay her own bills is another one. That's it. She doesn't have to go over the top. She doesn't have to take care of anybody as long as she can pay her own bills sufficiently. Therefore, he needs to look for women who have integrity and trust instead of looking for a woman that he's trying to be honest with because honesty to us is not really something that we cherish. And I'll tell you why. Because just like you're asking to be honest in many of your profiles and your ads, there are just as many women that are asking men to lie to them when they tell them the truth. They want to cherry pick. They don't want to hear about the bad news. They don't want to hear about the things that may threaten a relationship. No, they want to hear good, happy thoughts. So these women actually ruin it for the other women who are looking for honesty. Another thing, a woman can come in with baggage, excessive baggage compared to a man. There are women that will not accept a man with children, but that woman with children is expecting him to accept her. He would be discriminatory and mean because she likes him. She wants him, so therefore he needs to accept everything that comes with her. Now, a lot of men accept women that have a lot of things attached to them that the man doesn't really know about. She may be indecisive, so she's involved all these other people in her life in her decision-making process. So she has this huge entourage or apparatus of people that she also brings into the relationship with her. And a lot of you men accept this. All these people are influencers tugging at her for control. And you're in competition with all of those other individuals. And guess what she's saying? She's defending each one of their advances. Because they come with the relationship. A lot of you men will accept emasculation as part of the process of being accepted by a woman. And you should not. You don't have to. She's not worth it if she's emasculating you. She's angry about something that went wrong in her life prior to meeting you. It has nothing to do with you. It makes no sense for you to volunteer and become the whipping boy for her. This is why men with those low standards have low boundaries. And they allow women to emasculate them with those low boundaries. And they take advantage of this. They question your masculinity where it leaves you with doubt about yourself. When she says, a real man, I want a real man. 
implying that you're not one. Calling you mama's boy. Calling you boy. Demeaning you. Now I want you to think about it for a moment. When you look at the African-American community, we could call a white man, we say white boy. There are no repercussions. But if a white man were to call a man a black boy, oh, there's a problem, right? So you have this double standard in our society. Even black women do this. Call him a white boy. Would she call a black man a black boy? No, she referred to him as a black man. Another thing you have to look at too. A lot of you men have also lowered your boundaries. You've lowered your values. Some of you men will accept being called the N-word by a woman to refer to your masculinity. A lot of you guys question your masculinity and you go to the menosphere. You're thinking that by commingling with a whole bunch of other men, that's going to make you more masculine. It doesn't. Because many of these women know that if they get you individually, you're going to wind up being a simp. You're going to wind up being someone, a simple, impotent male prototype. You're going to wind up being someone that they could take advantage of and use. And use you as they will to control you through your masculinity or lack thereof as they perceive you to have. And then you're always trying to prove yourself to her. And by doing this, what you've done, you've allowed her not only to have the power, but not to take you seriously. See, it's not an adversarial situation between men and women. We make it that way. And the reason why we make it that way is because we bring a lot of stuff from the past into the future. Instead of learning from those lessons and leaving those experiences in the past but taking the knowledge full. And so you have these men questioning their sexuality. Some of these men have been abused and molested when they were younger. And they're now trying to reassert themselves as hyper-masculine because of that compromise in their character. And they're confused. And so when a woman brings up that he's gay or that he's this or that as an insult he flies off the handle because she struck a nerve that has nothing to do with him being gay but it has a lot to do with him being a vulnerable child being molested by a grown ass man or a grown ass woman but these women so cavalierly say these things to hurt to put him in his place to diss him. If a woman disses me, there's no way in the hell I'm going to try to talk to her. I don't care. No, it's not about being a punk, low self-esteem, or anything like that. I can spend my time better with someone who's more receptive. 
Why waste my time trying to argue and convince her that I'm the right guy for her when I can get with a woman who already sees that I'm the right guy for her? That's what you have to look at. The energy you waste on some of these women is not worth it, fellas. The money you waste is not worth it. If a woman is into you, the first thing she's going to do is she's going to raise her hand and say, here I am. And she's going to try to make her way to you. She's not going to still run away from you. See, the pursuit when it comes down to men and women, if she likes you, guess what she's going to do? She's going to slow up and let you catch her. That woman that's constantly running away from you, that wants you to go and chase her and do all these other things, she's not into you. She's into the chase. She's into the vanity. She's into being the eye of everybody's eye and the attention that she can get from everyone. Why do you think these women on Instagram do just enough to flirt with the guys to keep them following them? They're not going to sleep with any of those guys. They might pick one or two out that they may go out to dinner with or something like that. But nine times out of ten, guess what he's going to have to do? Cut other men down and open his wallet for this lady. It's entertainment to them. You're not doing anything to curry favor. You're just her favorite fool. And I want you to think about it for a moment. As a man, would a woman into you expose you to the competition of other men if she was into you? Nope. She would have singled you out and you would have just been it. I know women this very day who are married, happily married, and have thousands of followers on Instagram. And she's doing things such as making videos of her getting dressed in the morning. And these guys are swooning and saying, oh yeah, well I can help you out, I can take you away from him and all this other stuff. But what she's using that for is for the attention she didn't get as a child. Because she grew up in a household where there was no love. And when I talked to her about this, she says, this is one of the things that my husband admires about me. Because he wants all these other men to keep their tongues wagging. And he knows that she's the only person for him and vice versa. And she's teasing these men. Fellas, one thing that I did learn, if nothing else, being out on the dating scene for about 30 years, a pack of men in a nightclub is the last thing women find attractive. Hanging out there on the walls with a whole bunch of men up there laughing, talking loud, laughing and drinking. They don't want to be associated with those dudes because the way they look at it, they have to be in packs before they can be noticed. They can't be noticed individually. A lot of you guys listen to many of these so-called dating gurus. 
And you just love the fact that these guys are telling women off. But here's the thing you have to realize. The quality women look at you as a failure. You have to be led to be a man. I heard a guy one day in Walmart tell a woman, I'm a king, I'm an alpha male, you're supposed to respect me. Telling this woman this. And the woman looked at him like he was crazy. When you get so desperate that you're at that point in your existence as a man, you don't respect yourself for saying something like that to a woman. You should never have to say something like that to a woman. That's because a lot of you men have been reared by single mothers. And many of those single mothers coddled you. You never had to be responsible. You got a girl pregnant, you can go back home and say, Mom, it ain't my baby. Oh, I know it ain't baby. That baby, that woman, she sleeps with everybody. That's contrary to what my mother would say if I got a woman pregnant. I don't give a damn if it's not your baby. And see, that was before DNA was around. She says, she's no whore. She's none of that. You slept with her. That's your responsibility. Because one thing that I grew up with was being accountable and responsible. And this has gone out the window with many of these parents. My dad would tell me the same thing. A lot of you young men are angry with their fathers and you're only going on the mother's perspective on things and you never interacted with your father. You don't know whether it's true or not by what she's selling. Others of you have found out she had lied to you about your father, about how bad he was. There are always three sides of the story. Her side, his side, and the truth. There's some good mothers out there that reared you properly and wanted you to have a relationship with your father and never said a bad word about him. He never said a bad word about her. And you're more balanced. You're more focused. A lot of you guys come out winning in the game of dating because you're still balanced in this. You had an unbiased opinion of parents that looked at each other because your welfare was more important to them than their bickering about whatever differences they had. That's what we have to look at. More in a minute. Now, there are a lot of young men out there that are reared by single moms, and sometimes they get things mixed up a bit when selecting a partner later on in life. If they grow up in a household where they're coddled, but yet mom is very domineering, it can send mixed messages to the kid. When he gets older, he may go and look for a dominant woman because to him that's stability. So you hear a lot of these women emasculating men based on the fact that, you know, he acts more like a woman and act more like a man being that I have to make the decisions and in control. That's because he's been groomed to be subservient to a woman. Now, 
the problem with that, mom may think it's okay for managing her children because she may have two or three kids and having that dominant posture, that's a good way of managing, managing them and controlling them. However, the problem is, is that when this man gets older, he now still has the mindset of that child and he's looking for a woman that's going to lead him. Ladies, this is the reason why you have a lot of men that you will meet and you're like, damn, you know, when is he going to take the lead? When is he going to step up? It's because he doesn't know how to step up. And the reason being, mom did that out of convenience with the domineering thing. And many times it's unintentional by the mother. She probably saw it done in her family. It probably was done to her. So therefore, that's the way she looks at it. So it's nothing that's uh, a threaten, a threatening thing, but it's something that he had to learn that it had to go like that. Now, another aspect of it is that you're dealing with a person that may not understand the role of a man outside of that of being courteous, nice, respectful, etc., etc. So he may lack leadership qualities. And that is where many women have the problem. Leadership is not telling somebody what to do, that kind of thing. Leadership is setting the example for people to follow you based on that example you set. So the integrity of your position in the relationship is what's missing for a lot of women. They're like, well, you're acting like a child. You're the man. You're supposed to stand up. You're supposed to do these things. And he gets frustrated and upset because he really doesn't have a component developed in his personality to meet that challenge. And of course, at this point, some of the women get frustrated and then they will start emasculating him. Now, and then he will, of course, double down and try to be hyper-masculine. Women have a level of hypergamy that we have to look at. Those high standards, those high aspirations. But what you have to understand, fellas, is this. She could have all of these aspirational goals and try to live in the moment as if she's already made it to make those standards high. In reality, she may not be there. And if you see this, you, you need to call it instead of playing along with the delusion of her being where she thinks she is. But a lot of times guys do that in order to curry favor, in order to try to get closer to her, to sleep with her, try to appease her. You have to come off of that, fellas. See, once she sees that she can be told no by someone, she actually respects that. Because what that means to her is that, hey, he's putting me in check. I have my limitations. And some men are timid to do that because they think that, oh, well, you know, she's not going to like me anymore. Or he thinks he's disappointing his mother indirectly by doing that because he would never do that to his mom. And what he has to do is break himself from that. And he has to look at some of the admirational characteristics of other individuals, other men. When I was growing up, my father told me, 
he didn't want me to be the only person that I patterned myself to have, self after. He said, Are other men walking this earth better than I? And he was there with me. And what that did was it let me realize that he didn't think he was good enough man. And he grew up in a nuclear family with a dad, mom, and brothers and sisters. And he was still on that quest to become a better man, even though he was. But he didn't feel as though he realized it. And so that gave me the incentive to carry on the tradition of doing that as well. And with men, that's what you have to do. You're constantly evolving, constantly expanding your mind, your thinking, your emotional control. Because it's going to be very important. The last thing a woman wants to feel is vulnerable around a man that's there to protect her. But by the same token, fellas, you have to look out for other things too that are telltale signs. Is she exposing you to danger in any kind of way? Is she always exposing you to competition where she's putting you in a place where you feel as though you can always lose her? These are all things that women who don't like their men do. Did she make the standards far higher? For instance, if she had a relationship with someone else, did she make it far higher for you than she did for the guy that was able to get in between her legs? See, the higher your standards that you have to meet with a woman, fellas, the less she thinks of you. That woman that's into you, guess what she's going to do? Lower those. She's going to lower some of those standards, lower some of the boundaries, and for any imperfections that she sees, she's going to make excuses on your behalf for them. This is the kind of woman that would literally, if you're a janitor or something like that, she'd just tell her parents where you work, not what you do. She's got your back on that. But many of you men go out there and get women that do not have your back and you wind up in a situation where a knife is in it as opposed to a warm hand rubbing it. And the reason why you do this is because you're so happy to be with her because she's fine and now you run into the problem of trying to keep her. I had so many friends in the past who used to get into fights because the women would put them in situations where they were always trying to defend her honor. And what they were doing basically was going out, absorbing all the attention. And this was well before Instagram and social media and all of that, where they would go to an event and they were treated just like women do on social media now. Hog up all the attention. Be very salacious, flirtatious. And her man's there constantly trying to defend her honor like a fool. And not realizing that she's exposing in him, she's exposing him, exposing him, I love it, exposing him to danger. It's the way it works. It's his problem. He has to deal with it. 
She's fine. And then she could always berate him for not measuring up or tell him how she likes this other guy in order to put him on a certain level. You should cut your hair like that. You should cut your beard like that as a way of saying you don't measure up as a measure of control that she's using on it. Fellas, the biggest challenge you will have with a woman is going to be control and manipulation. You don't have to go in there and be this insecure guy that's got to be that alpha male. Because I tell you, that's the biggest turnoff to women. That smacks of so much insecurity that they don't even take you seriously. Just like it does when a woman calls a man, tells a man she's an alpha female. If you got to say something like that, that means you're not it. Just like women that call themselves queen. I was so happy when I went out on Mother's Day with a friend of mine and she says, I don't believe in those titles. And she was an African-American woman. She says, when a man calls me a queen, I lose respect for him. I'm no queen. I have no kingdom. And she says, besides, think about it. She says they never refer to it as a queendom. It's a kingdom. Which means that, what? Where does the dominance and the power reside? In the king and not the queen. When we look at things, we have to understand that when you go to talk to a woman, fellas, are you determining whether or not she's a good woman? Those four categories of questions I always tell you about. Who are you? You want her to tell you about her. Forget about all the accoutrements. Tell me about you. Ask her for a picture of her when she was younger. Preferably in the pre-makeup days. What are you doing with this? You're bringing her back to a sense of reality. And if she's proud of herself, confident, guess what she's going to do? She's not going to be bashful. She's going to pull out that picture. This was me in high school. She'll be happy with it. Other things you could do. Ask her what her purpose, what drives her. What motivates her. If she says money, you know what you're dealing with. Money is not the answer you're looking for. You're looking for anything else but that. You hear that, she's not good for you. When it comes down to strengths and weaknesses, this is where a lot of women lie, just like men do. If she says she has none, she's lying. That means she has no integrity. Everybody has a strength and a weakness of some sort. Now, if she wants to not disclose that, that's a red flag also. Because if she conceals that, there are other things that may be a little bit more broader that she's going to conceal as well. What are your intentions? What are your future aspirations? 
If it involves saying something like, well, I just want to be a mom, she's letting you know then you're going to be the breadwinner and you're going to have to pull all the weight financially. If it's like, well, I want to advance my career and have a family and hopefully with someone that would love me or something of that nature, what she's doing at that point is letting you know that she's looking for an all-inclusive endeavor, which is a good thing. So you have to understand where she is, and that's what you're looking for. Not where she is mentally and emotionally as far as aspirations, but where she is actually. What is her reality? If her reality is a delusion, you guys are on the wrong page. Her reality should be grounded in fact. It's funny, um, women that would tell me something like, I want to get rid of this gut or something like that. They speak the facts. And the first question I would ask is, why would you want to get rid of that gut? I just don't like it. When I was 22, I didn't have a gut. Well, you're older now and you have one. Yeah, but it doesn't look right. Uh, It still looks okay. Yeah, but I don't like it. Okay, well, you're going to change. Your body's going to change. Hell, I don't like the fact I have gray hair. I don't like the fact that I grew a beard. And folks, for the most part, the reason why I grew this beard, have you seen how much it costs for razors now? Jesus. So I got an electric razor, and uh, I really don't like the way it feels on the face. But these are things we contend with, right? So let's go on. Other things we have to look at as well. We have to think about this woman that we're looking to come into our lives. The way she's talking before you go on your first date. Is she talking in platitudes? Is she talking in a way that's more or less she's putting a smiley face on everything she says? Everything is kind of superficial. Do you really want to put yourself in that situation with that kind of person? Because that will give you an indicator as to whether or not she's going to be an expense or a liability that will might turn into an asset. See, what I'm getting at, fellas, is this. You want more women who will start out as a liability and you turn them into an asset over the women who will just be expensed out. The expensed out women is where you actually waste most of your money. However, if you get too involved with women that you think will be turning into an asset that you spent money on and they wind up second, third date and then third date they don't want a commitment they want to get out what you have to realize at that point is that you're going to have to lower your price point for the second and third dates that's what you have to do to save you on the numbers. See, the whole thing is, if somebody may be asking for a five-star restaurant, they've probably never been in one before. And they just want to see what it's like. 
exploratory dating. They're experimenting with you and your money. And I say again, if she wanted a five-star restaurant, she should have been able to afford one. And when you hear women try to compare you to other men that have paid for them like that, that's a red flag for you because that means that she can't afford it herself. So why would you go out and be guy number six, seven, eight, nine, ten, doing the same thing? She's codependent on someone spending that money on her because the men that spend money like that on her, that actually is her own value. That's what she thinks she's worth because they've put her in that position. Now, who usually spends the most money on a woman? Guys with low self-esteem. Guys that lack confidence. They're going to buy their way in. That's what they do. Now, you have the narcissistic guy that will go out there and spend money, but guess what is behind that facade? Insecurity. Without the money, he ain't shit. Has nothing else to offer. That's the reason why his money becomes an extension of his penis. More in a moment, folks. All right, folks, in conclusion. What are men to do? First of all, fellas, I gave you just a framework or an outline of what I used to do when it came down to dating. Separating expenses from liabilities that would lead to assets. I would base it on the experience of the first date. First date, 40 bucks, that would be it. Coffee shop, ice cream shop, donut shop, nothing serious. And that way, the woman wouldn't feel as though she's under any obligation to you. If it didn't work out, okay, that's an expense. But you've lowered the pain of going through the financial aspect of it. You want to start minimizing the numbers of your dates in general. Look at those dates as ammo that you don't probably will get replaced. So you got to make sure that every shot counts on those dates. So this means that instead of going out every weekend or every week, maybe twice a month, max. But you want to do it with quality women, which means women that you can actually get some feedback from, who really communicate with you, who really are grounded in who they are. person who has a self-awareness a person who knows what they want out of life, a person who can comprehensively describe to you where they would like to go in a relationship with a man. These are all things that will help you. Anything short of that, we'll see where it goes. Well, I'm just dating right now. I'm not ready to get serious. Expense her out. So in this way, you'll only be out of 80 bucks a month if you get two women that are expensed out, and it's not going to hurt you. You can start next month. 
here's the thing that I'm getting at, fellas. I'm talking about the money that you're spending that's going towards direct commercialization. Like if you go to a restaurant or somewhere like that, this is the savior. Now, along the way, you find a woman, you go on a first date with her, things are fine. Here's the thing to keep in mind. She should not want to live through you through dates. In other words, if you're always going to a commercial event to spend money to be with her, you're wasting your money. You shouldn't have to do that. Because, see, if she's into you, guess what she's going to try to do? Help you save the money because it helps and benefits the relationship. That's what that's about. So don't put yourself in that predicament. Next thing, communication. How is she communicating with you? Is it getting to a point that you get maybe one text with a whole bunch of excuses and you don't hear from her for a couple of days, a week or two? Don't make her a priority at that point. She's only going to come back to you because she's pursuing other endeavors. And if those don't go well the way she wants to, she wants to have somebody to cry to later on and to tell her, tell so she can tell how mean the world is and how cruel things are out there. She wants a shoulder to cry on. That's all she's going to have you for. A woman that emasculates you, you don't need. She's never going to be your friend. You're never going to win her over. You're never going to convert her. She's that way because she has other pain that has existed in her life prior to you dealing with her. The other thing, women who have very high standards understand one thing they may have very low values those standards are set for you and everybody else the woman who's into you guess what she's going to do she's going to lower those standards for you you get behind the velvet rope that's the way it happens a lot of you guys wonder why the hell that this guy is with this fine ass woman that's because she lowered the rope for him and not for you. A lot of times women will do this, as I told you before, in order to get more attention from men. So she'll date an ugly guy and she'll date a guy that may be short and she might like tall men. Well, she has someone to berate, but not only that, he's nothing more than a prop for her to attract other men to her. And what do men usually do? They fall on their competitive nature. Oh, I'm I'm taller than he is. I'm more handsome than he is. And they'll take that on as an affront. Be careful of that particular tactic because some women will use that. Finding the truth is one of the hardest things for us men. Listen to her when she's talking. A lot of times she will slip up and give up something that she didn't intend to. Marital status is an example. She may tell you that she's divorced, but then you find out she's just legally separated. Another thing to look for and to take notice of, you want to take notice of cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is very important for us. Saying one thing and behaving in the other way. At this point, if she comes out with this, you can't take her seriously. 
you're going to have to expense that date out. That's not something that you're going to want to be comfortable with. The reason being, you put more money into this woman, you'll find more contradictions in her behavior. And then after you're in a relationship with her, then she'll be her real self with it. So you want to save your money on that regard as far as not spending money in that direction. Another thing, if you're already in a relationship as a man, things are not working out, you're ready to break up with your girl. If you tell her this or you're married and you're going to break up with her, break up with your woman. If you tell her this and she's comfortable with it, most women are not. And you would prefer a woman not being comfortable with you being married after you told her you were married. What that would mean is that she'll say, well, we'll be friends or whatever. You could tell her that you're going through the divorce. Go through with it as you're supposed to. Keep her updated. That shows that she has respect for yourself and respect for the institution of marriage. Which means she'd probably be a good woman to be with. The other, where, the, where she doesn't care, she's going to be with you and going to start out not so fast because at this point if she's willing to do this while you're married guess what will happen when you're married if you married her or got in a relationship with her it's okay for her to go across the lines as well I'm trying to share this with you because a lot of you get involved in relationships and you get in over your head now guys Another thing that you'll run into are these women who you think are out of your league. If you're shaken or intimidated by them, don't step to them. I'm telling you. They will sense insecurity and they will shove it down your throat. Even if she's not within your league and you think you have a chance with her, what are you going to win her over with? Think about it. What are the tools you have? Another thing, gentlemen, that women judge you on are your grammatical skills. I can't stress this enough. Your grammar is very important to some women, especially women that are more sophisticated. She's not going to dummy herself down to be with you. You'd be an embarrassment to her. And that means she's going to limit the places she could take you. Which means that you might wind up just being nothing but just a friends with benefits. Or a booty call for a minute. And when she gets serious, she's going for someone else. Some women will do that. Not too many. Another thing too. A lot of you guys, for some reason, use the word shorty. That kind of thing. Call the woman by her name. It will help you out a lot more. Because you sound like every other dude, shawty, that kind of thing. It sounds like every other dude that talks to her. You don't stand out. You'd probably be the only dude that would approach her that actually tells her her name, speaks her name. Women love to hear their name spoken. You're distinguishing yourself. You're standing out. Avoid hanging around crowds of men like if you're in a club or an event or something like that. Women prefer a man being alone. 
that piques her curiosity. Because when she see a man with a whole group of men up there laughing and bullshitting, she says, oh, well, he doesn't take himself seriously. Another thing, too. In the throes of a conversation with a lady, only reveal the things that will immediately impact the relationship if you were to get with her. You can tell her about kids if you have children. She may ask about that, pets, that kind of thing. Now, if a woman ever asks you fellas how much do you make an hour or something like that, it's really none of her business. Because, see, she's used to most men telling her this. And if she gets mad and call you broke ass or whatever, oh, well, no problem. Because you know what she was after. She was after that number. So she could put it in her head and see how much money of, of yours that she could use. If she comes to you talking about some dumbass thing about what's your credit score, tell her you don't know. Your credit score has no relevance to a relationship. First could have a 720 credit score and be the biggest asshole in the world. It means nothing. And that tells you right there how shallow she is when it comes to really determining whether or not you'll be a decent man. She would ask you about your credit score before asking you anything about you. That's a red flag. If she starts bragging about being a boss bitch, about having it on, and if she used the term, she's an entrepreneur, don't even bother asking. People who own businesses, they will tell you about their business. When a person says they're an entrepreneur, that means they're just using that as a temporary title. In essence, in the hood, what that means is unemployed, Oh, and they'll say they're self-employed or whatever. Yeah, whatever. A person who's in business is going to try to promote that business. And that's what they should do. If you have a business card, fella, please do not put a whole bunch of shit on there. Just have one thing that you do on that business card. Women do not like this. If you have a business card and you have like 40 different things on it, nope. It's not a turn on to them. Because they look at it from the standpoint, you have all these things you do, jack of all trade, master of none is the way they look at it. Get one entity and present yourself with that one entity. And don't put CEO on there if you are the only person in the company don't do that you don't even have to put proprietor or nothing like that just put your name because I'm telling you a lot of you when people see titles a lot of times they also see insecurity people lead with titles If she calls herself a queen, 
you're dealing with somebody that has groupthink. In other words, they're doing the same thing any other generic woman would say. She's a queen. Well, hell, you got drag queens. You got gay men that call themselves queens. You have trans women that call themselves queens. So where does it stop? What's the distinguishing factor there? Another thing, too. If she starts telling you that she only wants five-star restaurants, gifts of $300 or more, if she starts telling you her birthday's coming up, congratulate her on her birthday, but you're just meeting her and you're not spending any money on no big-ass gifts. You're just meeting her. You don't know her that well. Don't put yourself in that predicament. You will find also, fellas, and I'm telling you, this is one woman to really be careful of. She builds relationships with people, men, to use men for specific things. She needs her car payment paid. She has one guy that she'll go and lead on with that. She'll have another guy she'll lead on to pay her car insurance. Another one to pay her cell phone bill. Another one to pay this bill or that bill. And what she will do is protect her money because she feels as though her money is more valuable than theirs. This includes also the perpetual dating women that will constantly brag about how they don't have to pay for things because men always pay for them. When you hear that, that's a red flag. You'll just be one of those numbers. You got to look at their agenda. What is most important to them? Their priorities. If you still get a lot of excuses from her when you're trying to schedule your first date, she's not interested in you. Understand that. The only way she's going to contact you, she's going to say something, oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I'm sorry about not getting in touch with you three weeks later. It's because what she was working on failed. That's the way it works. Many women go down a list of men that have uh, come across them on dating sites. You may be the first choice, second choice, third choice. And she still may have people lined up behind you. Understand that that's a possibility. So she may ghost you because she found someone else. And you're still sitting there trying to contact her and trying to call her two, three weeks later. It's over. She's done. A woman will treat you differently after she's got you before she tries to get you. The way you're treated after she's got you is the way you're going to be treated consistently through the remainder of the relationship. And the reason being is this. After she's done that, a lot of women go back to their normal routine and behavior. Even those, especially if they're single. They try to incorporate you into that. And sometimes women do have the emotional intelligence to realize, I got to modify certain things because now I'm with someone. But many of them don't. They keep those same habits and behaviors. Also, expect 90 days to be really the bell curve for most relationships to fail. So let's say you've gone through four dates with her already. 
And now, after the fourth date, things have kind of hollowed out. You guys have had sex. And now you're not communicating anymore. And then it gets to a point where you barely even speak to each other, chat with each other, text each other. And so the way she tries to make it up is to have some kind of event. Let's go out to dinner. And even when you go out to dinner, the interaction is still empty. You don't feel any kind of fulfillment with that person. You feel void. Red flag. She may be preoccupied because she's overextended herself. And she's trying to pencil you in and schedule you in. That means that she has so much going on in her life, she doesn't have time for you. These are all tips for you to really reevaluate your time, which is valuable. Because there's some women that think their time is far more valuable than their time is more valuable than yours. And they take advantage of this. Well, you know, I'll be free Friday night. Well, Friday night, you got something scheduled. Don't change your plans. Well, you know what? I understand that you're free Friday night, and I hope you have a wonderful time. I have something scheduled for Friday. If you would have contacted me earlier where we could have mutually scheduled Friday night, it would have been fine. But, nope, I'm going out with this date this Friday night. That's the way you handle that. You don't alter your plans if that person hadn't got back to you. This is what they do to you. Have your messages go to voicemail when they don't want to get in touch with you or don't want you to get in touch with them because they have something else that's more engaging than you. Guys, I hope this helps you along the way. These are just tidbits. Best of luck to you. And thank you once again for listening. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use.
please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.